Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we continue our study of the second book of Kings, that is Malach and Bez. We are now about to start today with chapter 6, that is Perak Vav. We just completed the last chapter, the story of Naaman, who was a servant of the king of Aram, uh, and how Naaman was a high-up officer, basically the hand of the king, so to speak. And he, um, uh, upon whom the king leaned when he went to pray at the temple of the idol of, our, of the nation of Aram, he cured him of Tzarat. We read of the story how Naaman, um, uh, how Elisha wanted to teach Naaman the, the, that, that Israel is not just a people with a different god that might happen to be a little bit more powerful, but rather it's fundamentally different. Fundamentally, the God of Israel is, 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 um, demands from us moral behavior, demands from us proper and appropriate behavior, which is why Elisha refused to take any money, and we learned how Gehazi ruined that. Remember that, because it's going to play a role in what we study together today. Um, so, and then also remember how Naaman, when he left, he said, I know I swore loyalty to God, with a capital G, However, if I am going to be in the uh, service of my king in Aram, I'm going to have to accompany the king into the temple of the god of Aram. And when he bows, I'm going to have to bow. So please forgive me this. And we saw how Elisha, when he bid goodbye, he basically didn't say okay, but he didn't say not okay. He basically acknowledged and understood the dilemma which Naaman had. Remember that episode as well, because all of that situation will play a role in today's study. So, Elisha then sent um, Naaman home back to um, Aram, where he is now. And this is, Elisha has his contact in Aram. Now, uh, before, uh, let's leave that aside for a moment, and we'll get back to it. But first, let's... <clears throat> There's a small episode here in which we learn, and the verse teaches us a little bit about how Elisha and his students, his uh, students that were the Bnei Hanavim, this group of <coughs> disciples, Elisha studying with his disciples, um, uh, he, uh, formed a, a group, and we learn how he interacted with his disciples. So the first verse starts as follows: Vayom Bnei Hanavim el Elisha. The, the disciples, the children of, uh, of the prophets, uh, disciples of the prophets, said to Elisha, their leader, Elisha, <laughs> This place where we are sitting before you, in other words, sitting and studying from you and learning from you uh, the, the ideas and the, the behavior and, and, and the spirituality that, that one requires in order to approach God and become a prophet, it's too small for us. We're packed in here. And Elisha, until this time, was in Shomron. And the people, the students wanted to move out to another place. This is verse 2. Let us go to the Jordan, out of the city of Shomron of Samaria, to the Jordan, uh, to the banks of the Jordan, where there's, it's more rural, there's more open space, we have room for us. And let us take, each one of us can cut down a beam. 
Now, this is important because the idea here is each of us will all contribute together. All of us will cut a beam down. In other words, they're saying we're going to make this into a project where we all contribute together. Uh, and let us make for us, us again in plural, a place to reside there. And he said, go ahead. And then, um, however, Alicia, uh, it, it, it sounds like he's saying, uh, and the, this was the impression that the students had, that you guys can go without me, right? Um, in other words, go ahead. But I, presumably, Alicia wanted to stay right here in the capital. But they wanted him to participate in this project. Um, and the, the emphasis on each one of us participating gives us the idea that Alicia was somehow, gives us the sense, this feeling that he was somewhat aloof, somewhat doing his own thing, you know, teaching. Oh, you want to go? Go. It's fine. But I'm, I'm here. I'm, I have my, my, my business here. But the students wouldn't accept that. So the next verse, three, Vayomer Ho'echad, one of them said, Ho'elna Beleches Avadecha, please, please will you come with us, come with your servants. Vayomer Ani and he said, he got the idea, he got the message. They, 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 they loved him, looked up to him, and they wanted him to come, and they wanted him to be a part of this project. And will Elisha, how will he respond to this desire of his students to have his participation how will he will he uh participate in the building we'll see we're about to see well um remember how the students emphasize each one of us will build i i do want to mention here that that we had just read about the departure of one of elisha's we just finished the last chapter with the departure of one of elisha's or of elisha's main student which was gehazi that because he acted selfishly and he, uh, he almost ruined or maybe did ruin the lesson Elisha was trying to teach Naaman and teach the world, and he was selfish and, and, and he took the, uh, valuables for himself from Naaman despite being instructed not to do so and that he was sent out as a leper uh, that because of the curse of Elisha. So <laughs> juxtaposed with that, suddenly there's no room. So I just want to mention, of course, the rabbis and the traditional interpretations all emphasize here that Gehazi, him being around, must have in some way kept students from studying with Elisha. He must have kept people away. He acted the, like the kind of, of, of control over Elisha that kept people away. And when Elisha left, all of a sudden, the doors flood, opened, the gates flooded wide open, and the, all of these students came. That's the impression that one is given by the juxtaposition of these two stories. So, here we have, Vayelachitam, Elisha went with his students, this is verse 4, Vayavohu Hayardena, and he came to the Jordan. Uh, so they're at the banks of the Jordan, there's trees there, and Vayigzuru <clears throat> So they started to cut down the wood as the plan was in order to use the wood to build. And it's, it's interesting how it says the one, which seems like this, the, it's a, it, this, the simple translation is, you know, a person. It doesn't bother giving the name, but it seems like the way it's written, and this is the second time it said that. The one in two verses ago who asked and begged Elisha to come along was also the one. Um, and and uh, the, the, 
So it seems like this person was probably like the leader of the students or maybe the replacement for Gehazi. That's the impression that one gets from the feel of the words and the way it's written in Hebrew. So one of them, he was Mapil Hakora. He was chopping down his beam, right? Viet barzel Nafal El Hamoyim. And the barzel, the, the uh, axe head, the iron axe head, fell into the water. Uh, now, I would... I would suggest that you uh, look up on Google images of ancient Israelite and Canaanite axe heads and what they looked like. And, you know, they weren't exactly perfectly fit to the stick that they were on the way they're, they're manufactured today. They did the best they could to, to fit the, the, the axe head onto the top of the handle, which was typically wood. And if you remember, Vinoshal HaBarzel Minoetz, the story where in, in the in the Torah, uh, which discusses the laws of an inadvertent killing, if the barzel, if the axe head flies off the wood while one is swinging the axe and goes on and kills someone, and talks about the laws of inadvertent uh, 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 manslaughter. But the the so the same idea. So here the the axe head falls off. Vayitzak and he cries out. Vayomer and he says, Aho Adoni, Oh no, my master, Vehu Shaol. It was borrowed. In other words, remember, these students are, are poor, they're impoverished, they're st- and, and Elisha was trying to teach them the importance of, of studying Torah, of, of worshiping God, and not for personal gain. So these students were poor, and he had borrowed this axe, and now the most valuable part of the axe, which is the iron axe head, has just fallen into the river. Vayomer Isho Elohim, and the man of God, the prophet of God, said, Ononofal, where did it fall? By our Ehu El Hamakom, and he showed him the place where it fell. And what did Elisha do? By Yiktsov Eitz, he cut off a piece of wood, by Yashlach Shama, and he th- th- uh, literally he threw it into the water, by Yatsof HaBarzel, and the axe head floated to the surface. By Yomer Horemlach, and he said, Go ahead. And, and pick it up, take it by so he sent out his hand and he took it. Now, the, on the surface of this, mo, mo, many commentaries assume and take this and understand this as a miracle, which is certainly a way to interpret these words. Elisha dropped a stick in the water and suddenly this iron axe head floats to the surface. And it would fit in the pattern of the miracles that we have seen Elisha do. However, the Ralbag has a fascinating understanding of this, and typically, and I've quoted him many times before, of how a rationalist looks at these kinds of stories. And I want to point out that the Ralbag, it's not just the fact that he didn't want to um, interpret this as a miracle. When the rationalist commentaries and the rationalist thinkers in the, in the tradition, in the rationalist tradition of Judaism, most famously, of course, the Rambam, when they try to, to give a, an explanation of a story like this that's rationalist, that's not miraculous, what they're really trying to do is show you a very deep and very important lesson of the story, which wouldn't come out necessarily if you were to interpret it in a more miraculous, mysteri- magical, mysterious way. So the story, I therefore I want to remind you that I emphasized until now how the verses have emphasized and, 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 and gave us the impression 
that the students of Elisha wanted him to participate. They wanted him to be the kind of leader who rolls up his sleeves with, the, the, with his students and helps them in the building. They wanted him to come along. And over here, the axe had fell in the water. And what does the Rabbaga explain? It explains where is that iron head? And Elisha then took a much larger handle, a wooden handle, like a much larger piece of wood that would fit into the hole. And he stuck it into the water so that it aimed directly for the hole on the axe head, you know, and then because, and hooked it on. And once he hooked the, the axe head, right, because he used a bigger piece of wood, and this is why, according to Rabag, he didn't take the handle uh, from, from the axe itself, which would have fit into the hole, but, but that handle from itself, it would have been dragged down to the bottom of the water by the, by, by the weight of the axe head. But if you take a large piece of wood, it would float to the surface, and the, the floatability or the flotation of the, of, the, of the large beam would then pull the iron um, axe head out of the water. And so then what one learns from here is it has nothing to do with the miracle here. And you could see the Ralbag for the details that he says. Well, the point is to teach that Elisha used his ingenuity and used his work and participated in the building. That's the point, right? That, that he, he saw this person in distress, he saw one of his students in distress, and he did everything he could to help out. He rolled up his sleeves and contributed in the building effort in such an important way and did this young man such a tremendous favor and saved him a huge monetary loss. This uh, is the story of the axe head, and um, I, uh, I hope you, uh, you, un, you know, appreciate and understand the... the, the uh, both approaches, the, the way of interpreting this as a miracle and the way of interpreting this in a more rationalist way. These are two different traditions within uh, the interpretation of Tanakh. And as those of you who have been studying together with me until now know that I do like to emphasize whenever possible um, the rationalist approach, not so much because I don't believe that, the, not, not because there aren't miracles expressed in Tanakh, but more importantly, because when one looks at it that way, one learns out tremendous lessons, beautiful, wonderful lessons from the words that one wouldn't see if one saw it as performing tricks. Anyway, thank you so much for studying the, the Torah together with me. Thank you so much for studying the story of Elisha together with me. Thank you so much for studying this, the beginning of this chapter six. Looking forward to studying the next the rest of chapter 6 together as we continue um, learning about this wonderful prophet, Elisha, and uh, have a wonderful day.